listening to The Coach's Corner with Mario Ramos. What is up? Welcome into The Coach's Corner, the place to get the inside information from the coaches themselves. I'm your host and co-head coach of the Venture Academy golf team, Mario Ramos. Give me a follow on Twitter, at Corner Ramos, and check out the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by recruiting coordinator and assistant coach for the Ohlone College baseball team, Cole Motter. Cole, thanks for joining the podcast. Thank you, Mario, for having me, man. Appreciate it. Uh, big fan of the podcast base, so um, if I can give back in any little way, it's, uh, it's a treat for me as well. So looking forward to it. Yeah, looking forward to getting into the renegades and a couple other topics that we got lined up. Um, that, like you said, you know, be some nuggets of information that could be useful for people out there listening in the podcast space. So let, let's jump right into it with the uh, 2023 Renegades. Um, you know, season just kind of wrapped up. You guys were, were into the playoffs, a 15 seed heading into the playoffs this season. Um, had a quite a quite a good year, right? Overall, um, you guys were 29 and 13 and one. We'll talk about that tie later. That that one's kind of confusing me and how that happened. But uh, yeah, a, a good season um, into the playoffs. Like I said, a 15 seed. Um, unfortunately, the, the season wrapped up this weekend. Um, but what, what was the expectations kind of coming into this season? I know you guys had a high preseason ranking, actually 24th nationally coming into it, you know, coming off a season in which the Renegades went 45 and six. And so what, what were kind of the, uh, the expectations coming in for Ohlone this year? Yeah, well, I think you hit the nail right on the head with that context of coming off of a really high, highly successful, nationally successful season last year. Yeah. Um, you lost a lot of players who were who were COVID sophomores, so they were mm. third or fourth year guys. And mm. uh, in our group chat of the coaching staff, we we hit the ground running in the beginning of the year with uh, 31 technical freshmen, be that redshirt or true freshmen. Wow. So you talk about a complete change in culture, complete yeah. change in experience level, and the expectations of how do you not try to be last year's team? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Talk about young men trying to figure out how to how to do this college baseball thing, and maybe they haven't done it yet. Mm-hmm. So it was a great experience for me to be a part of this group. Um, it was well coached from Coach Curran's perspective. He's a he's a great leader, great yeah. culture builder, um, and. Bill Quantz and T.C. Fairfield are the assistant coaches who do a wonderful job uh, on their end uh, with the hitting and the pitching side, respectfully. I truly enjoy coaching with all three of those guys. So for for me, uh, coming in and just learning how we do things, why we do things the way we do it, um, and towards the end of the year, really understanding the why we do it and how we do it. And, um, you know, we made the playoffs, which is always our goal. We were co-conference champions with a really good Mission College team. And uh, obviously, we would have loved to go on further, but uh, Los Medanos College did what they did and defended home field advantage. And all the credit to Coach Lyle and that staff and that program up there. Um, so it's, it's on to the offseason for us. And uh, looking forward to year two and continuing to build those relationships with the guys. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, you know, a good season. Um, and like you said, you just kind of you're going to run into somebody, right? In the playoffs, good teams are going to play good teams. So unfortunately, the way it shakes out. Um, but yeah, definitely nothing to hang your your heads about. Um, what when did like at, at this point of the season, or um, what point of the season did these guys figure out? 
you know, we we have enough here, right? We don't necessarily have to, you know, do what last year's team did or, or try to emulate that. When did they kind of start to take on their own identity? I would put it about the two-week mark. Um, we had our first road trip. We had our first homestand where we won two out of three. And we started to realize, okay, the pieces are in place. Um, one of our uh, very fine young men, Stephen Hom. Uh, he was off in an off-season uh, rehabbing a knee injury. So we got him back week three. I think that kind of settled everyone in because he's kind of that cultural slash heartbeat leader of the team. Uh, and once we got him, uh, we definitely hit our stride. And, you know, outside of uh, the mission series, I, we basically handled everything else outside of those first two weeks of the year. Um and we played like the team we could where uh, we pitched and we hit and we picked it to a much better degree than we did those first two weeks. So testament for the kids to staying committed and testament to the coaching staff for uh, improving gradually as we went. Mario Ramos here with Cole Motter of the Ohlone College baseball staff. Yeah, you mentioned Stevie Hahn batted 359 bombs, 50 runs batted in. Uh, yeah, nice to put that in the middle of the lineup along with Jackson Nystrom. Uh, he hit 13 bombs, 49 ribbies himself. Uh, who, who were kind of setting the table for out there? Tell me a little bit about the Renegades lineup this year. I mentioned those two guys, obviously. You know, you knocked the ball out of the ballpark. Yeah, uh, you, can look at, oh, you can look at those two for sure. Yeah. Um, the benefit for us is uh, our park is a hitter-friendly park. It's uh, okay. got a shorter left-field porch. And in the afternoon, when the wind picks up, it can it can really play offensively. So, mm. um, it uh, would be a disservice to me. I think that we had talent all the way through, and yeah. guys got hot at the right time, um, and some guys really tried to put together a competitive bat all the way through. Um, I think we had a total of fifteen all conference participants. Um, wow! So it kind of shows you that. The depth that we yeah. had this year was really fun to see where guys out of the seven, eight, nine hole could do some damage and turn that lineup over really quick and just set the table back up for the guys in the top. Yeah, definitely had to be a lineup that was uh, tough to deal with looking at the numbers here. You got 13 guys that are batting over 300, so you know, not an easy out anywhere to be found when it comes to the Renegades. Once again, Mario Ramos here with <laughs> Cole Motter of the Ohlone College baseball team. Uh, you can check him out on Twitter at Cole Motter. You can check out Ohlone Baseball at Ohlone Baseball out there on Twitter as well. So talked a little bit about the lineup. Uh, what about the pitching staff? You got a couple you know, pretty solid starters in Ethan Shaver, Nate Rosser, who are out there on the bump for the Renegades. So tell me a little bit about the, the guys who are taking the hill for Ohlone. Yeah, those two guys are really cool. Uh, pleasure that my coaching path crossed paths their uh, their playing careers. Yeah. Uh, we had Griffin Allen, a transfer from Grand Canyon University, come in, okay. uh, and he was another great contributor. And then we had a great group of young freshmen who um, I'm super excited about coming back for year two. Mm. Um, guys who have some serious pitchability. Um, but yeah, with those two, Ethan and Nate, you feel confident. I think every single game that you were going to give their best effort yeah. and uh, to watch those guys work. I mean, Nate could bump it up to about 93. Um, and uh, when he was on, I think Nate, or uh, excuse me, Ethan was probably one of the better pitchers I've had a chance to coach. Um, hmm. 
controlling the game, being cool-headed, and uh, pitching with the intent to uh, really take over a game. It's, it's fun to watch him work. Nice. Good stuff. Mario Ramos again with Cole Motter, recruiting coordinator and assistant coach with the Ohlone College baseball team here on the Coach's Corner with Mario Ramos podcast. Again, follow me on Twitter at Corner Ramos. You can follow Cole Motter at Cole Motter. That's C-O-L-E-M-A-U-T-E-R. And then also Ohlone Baseball on Twitter at Ohlone Baseball. That's O-H-L-O-N-E Baseball. So this is your, your first yep. season here with uh, the Renegades um, we, as again, we mentioned recruiting coordinator and assistant coach. Uh, so, so tell me a little bit about your coaching role. I know coming into the season, um, it, it wasn't necessarily, you know, clearly defined, uh, you were kind of, kind of work in, in various aspects with the team. Um, how did that kind of, you know, how did that kind of work itself out and what exactly is your role there on the coaching staff? Yeah, that's, that's super funny. You bring that up because, uh, during the day, I work in education as a teacher. So uh, getting to games and getting kind of settled, um, we didn't really know coming into August, September, October. We knew I was going to be recruiting, but we didn't know what that would look like on practice day, game day, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. So officially recruiting coordinator, as you mentioned, um, I also held some equipment for the guys over at first base and uh, hit some fungos for the outfielders. And nice. other than that, just tried to kind of find a hole, plug it, and yeah. figure out where the next leak in the boat is and plug that and figure out how to get ourselves ready to win that game. Um, and having Mike on staff, a guy who was a teacher and understands that balance, was super helpful to me because I never felt rushed or pressured um he just let me be successful and be where i was and do what i could do and obviously the focus is on the recruiting side so if i couldn't make it to every single event Mm -hmm. you know the the goal is to build for next year so oh man that's super cool super Super good gig you got there uh, with the Renegades being able to do that. You mentioned earlier uh, that the season wrapped up and next season's already begun, right? So I'd assume you, you've done some legwork, um, but you kind of you know hit the ground running as far as recruiting is concerned. Recruiting never sleeps. Yeah. Uh, I learned that from uh, Jerry Weinstein down in San Luis Obispo. Nice. Uh, Jerry's a legend in the community. For and sure. uh, so the he, his community. advice was fine. <laughs> For sure, for sure. Uh, you know, find find the nine best players and then develop the nine best players. And mm-hmm. uh, so, I, I guess I I have a good role model to look up to in that regard. And mm-hmm. uh, obviously, uh, if you if you don't recruit better players, it uh, it makes it tougher to win. So, it has definitely started. Um, it's a fun process to connect with people, and mm-hmm. uh, you get to kind of take a snapshot of what your team might look like in two or three years. So mm-hmm. kind of funny to, to pull the curtain back a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Always cool to, to kind of, you know, obviously you're, you're engaged with the season at hand and stuff like that, but as coaches, right, we always kind of take that, 
that look to in the peripheral to see, you know, what we got coming up and what's coming around the bend. Uh, you mentioned a little bit there, uh, take the nine best players and, you know, m develop them, right? Make it, make it work, make it happen. Is it that simple when you're looking, you know, at guys? Are you just looking for guys that could simply play and, and you'll find a position later? Or is there some kind of, you know, position fit that you're looking for along the way? Oh, I love that question. Uh, it, it is more complex uh, from our end. Uh, I'm sure most of the viewers know, but uh, as a junior college uh, in California, mm -hmm. we don't have athletic scholarships. Yeah. Um, and that's across the junior college landscape. Um, so that makes us different than NCAA or NAIA or NJCAA institutions. Mm -hmm. um, and so we do have to be mindful of who we talk to and the mm. financial realities and situations for those families because uh, you don't want to do wrong by people. Uh, at least I don't, I don't want to do wrong by people. Uh, so I don't want to recruit a kid from Maine who might not be a academic, athletic, or economic fit for our community. Yeah. And then in October, he's coming to us and saying, this isn't working out. You get what I mean with yeah, that? Yeah, like, for sure. So I, I, I have to take a holistic view, and we also have to thread that needle where, you know, if, if they were the nine best players, they probably wouldn't be going to junior college, would they? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They'd be going to Cal yeah. or Stanford or yeah. CSU East State or San Jose State. So mm -hmm. who are the young men who are uh, – cultural fit uh and obviously talent comes into that factor for sure but yeah, yeah. they have a interest to the junior college route uh they seem like good citizens and good members of the community um i do value the the person because uh, as you said uh, i have to be with these people for two or three years in yeah, the future yeah. Yeah. and uh i want to be around people that i enjoy being around yeah. um and Lastly, uh, the academic side, uh, you know, we are a school and mm -hmm. we are one of the top uh, academic athletic schools for the junior college level in the state. Nice. So um, we do try to be mindful of are we bringing in high academic guys because those guys are going to have a much easier time transferring to Division One schools if they have their AA and they're well on their way to their major Sure. Uh, than someone who ends up as a non-academic qualifier. Sure. So, um, you know, if I can find the, the needle and or thread the hole of the needle with those criteria, mm -hmm. uh, we find that we can get 20 or 30 guys who are uh, cool people that we want to spend time with. And yeah. uh, we'll, we'll go into a fall with, with those people and we'll develop in them and keep, keep it rolling. You know, yeah. uh, so it's it's a fun puzzle piece to put together for me. I I do enjoy trying to make the puzzle pieces work, and sure. and uh, it's very messy until it gets cleaner and cleaner <laughs> and cleaner. And uh, I don't know if it ever gets truly clear, yeah, but yeah. Uh, but it, it does get clear, and then we do it all over again next year. Uh, I hear you though, man. Sometimes there could be some tense moments there at the beginning, right? Where you're, you're just like, man, what what did we get ourselves into? What are we doing here? But then, like you said, things kind of dissipate a little bit, start to come into to focus a little bit, and then you you realize that hey, you know, maybe maybe we we did have like you said a, a vision that we're going for, and we're just putting in those pieces of the puzzle. For sure, it, you know, like 
contact uh, we had at one point a young man from Las Vegas who was who was committed to us and uh, mm-hmm. we were excited about him and uh, he called me up in uh, I think February or March and said hey listen my my local junior college offered me a full ride uh, wow. and you know that's where me situating the person I, I gotta say hey that's that's a bummer for us, but you got to do what's right for you. Right. For sure. Um, and then that reshuffles the deck. And so we, we continue to, to bob and weave and, and figure it out. But, um, yeah, it's always good. I wouldn't change it for anything. Mario Ramos again with Cole Mata, recruiting coordinator and assistant coach with the Ohlone college baseball team here on the coach's corner with Mario Ramos podcast. So you mentioned, you know, talking about, you know, being, being straight up and being honest with, with these guys and, uh, you know, how, how Juco ball here in California is a little bit different, right? You, you mentioned some of the, uh, the parameters in which you guys have to work within. Um, but talk a little bit about the quality of, of baseball here in California. Because, I mean, for my money, I mean, this is, this is high-level stuff that we're seeing. Uh, you got, you know, like you said, a, a bunch of guys that, you know, maybe fit the, the mold that the coaches are looking for and guys that they want to develop. You also guys got guys like you mentioned. You got a guy from Grand Canyon uh, that came in this year. There's a lot of bounce back guys um, that make their way back over here to California. Um, in my opinion, it, it's for the quality of baseball because it's it's pretty legit in California. For sure, yeah. And I know that you you do great work with the Modesto Nuts, and I'm sure you see a handful of junior college guys on yep. those rosters or mm-hmm. former mm-hmm. junior college guys. And sure. uh, it it is a adjustment. You even are very talented, talented freshmen who come in, yeah. uh, they, they do get fed up by the game because they're, they're bigger, stronger, faster uh, players who are at this level. Uh, every year there will be players from California junior colleges that are drafted. Um, there were several last year. There will be several again this year. Mm-hmm. Um, there are future future D1 players, future D1 starters, and so sure. – um, when when you aren't ready for that, the game humbles you very quickly. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's also a great moment because you know you as a high school senior, you have a couple options. Do I want to accept the four year school offer at whatever respective institution that is, and mm-hmm. you might not get a ton of time on the field that first year, and that's okay. Yeah. Uh, there's no right answer. Um, but the junior college route is there for that reason. It's players who want to face a similar, maybe not better, but similar level of talent and, uh, and the game. And, you know, maybe you play for two years until you're really ready to be a starter at that next institution at that four-year school. It, um, it kind of delays the recruiting decision window for another year or two. Um, I think that's the best way I can put it. It's still college baseball. It's still 19, 20, 21-year-old yeah. athletic bodies and players. Um, but it's just that that decision of where am I going to get my degree from kind of delays for yeah. a year. Yeah, yeah. Mario Ramos again with Cole Motter here on the Coach's Corner podcast. And one thing I wanted to touch on there, you mentioned that these guys at this level, right, they're bigger, faster, stronger. Well, what, what's the biggest difference? Is it, is it that they're a lot smarter, more experienced at, the, at this game? Um, you know, what's the biggest difference from, like you said, a very good high school player coming in and being humbled at this level? Because you know, this game is, let's face it, right, it's based on failure. And a lot of times these guys haven't failed too much until they meet these guys, like you said, that are bigger, faster, and stronger than they are. 
gosh. Um, it's a really good question. I like it. I think the cop out answer is to say, uh, the people who can deal with failure. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll take it in a slightly different way. Uh, I would say it's the, it's the young men who grow up and mature first. Mm. Uh, so the players who develop the habits that are going to make them successful, the ones who are locking in the diet, locking in the homework, locking in the studies, locking Mm. in the, um, you know, resting their mind before the game because i think everyone is obviously going to experience success and failure at some relative degree yeah. uh, based on their skill level and and the opponent's skill level but um who's going to be consistently ready after the first week after the first month after the first trip through conference it just keeps going and going and going and the ones who maybe don't have the internal or external maturity to take that professional mindset and enroll with it, they end up not, not flailing. That's the wrong word, but they end up maybe getting sped up or sped out of control. Mm -hmm. And, um, they, they end up taking themselves out of opportunities to have those successes because, they don't have the habits or the setup that helps them be successful on a day in and day out experience. Does that make sense where I'm coming from? Yeah, no, for sure. I, I think you, I think that's a very good point that, that maturity that comes along with that. You have to learn how to handle these situations. Uh, like you mentioned, right. It's going to come with, with the game, um, but just kind of relying on, on maybe not necessarily the, the routine, but that preparation beforehand and all these other things to, to kind of put themselves in place. Right, could just you know put you in a better position, more advantageous position, at least mentally. Yeah, I mean, I think going back to you, I know you're a golf coach, and, yeah. and I'm sure you see it all the time, right? And you can you get out of the sand trap mm-hmm. after a you know maybe you get a birdie on one hole, and then your next shot you yeah. uh, you put in the sand trap or whatever. Well, mm-hmm. it's not so much about dealing with failure; it's it's how can you consistently get back to get in the fairway, get into your approach shot, get onto the green and have a chance to putt or at least be around par. And you know, if the other person you're playing against is the one who is going birdie, triple bogey, birdie, triple bogey, and you just stay in that par window, uh, you got a chance to be more successful in the long run. Sure. I like that analogy, man. Cole Motter here on the Coach's Corner podcast with Mario Ramos. Uh, so what well, what is the the coaching staff and, and you, you know, what are you guys doing um, to, to help these kids? Um, you know, obviously mental health is a, is a big issue, especially like you mentioned, these are, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21 year old kids. Right. Um, so what are we what are we doing to kind of, you know, make sure that these kids are, are you know, showing up to the ballpark in a positive state of mind? Sure. Um, yeah. And thanks for asking about that. Uh, one of the things that I'm most happy about coaching with with coach Curran is uh his reminder or his advice to keep it simple uh for our young people because there is so so much going on in their lives from the where am I transferring are my staff good enough to go d1 because everyone wants to go d1 I wanted to go d1 uh I didn't go d1 and I wasn't good enough to go d1 so, you know, having that knowledge of like there is life after going Division One or not going Division One, and that's 
totally okay as well. Um, keeping it simple and just playing baseball. So we have five jobs that we do as a program, and these are what Coach Curran has developed over the years. And so when we play, we don't try to over-teach, over-coach, over-talk. Uh, I try to talk to the guys very little unless it's a short little jab of information. Um, usually it's go play baseball, nice kid, and uh, here's, the, here's a handshake and you've got another, another base knock or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we have our five jobs. Uh, between every inning, Bill Quantz, our hitting and defensive coach, will have a short little recap where we'll ask, hey, what are we seeing with the pitcher? What sequence did we get? Do we need to change our plan? We have three plans, plan one, zone up, and plan A, essentially. Plan A, plan B, and zone up. And so we'll keep it simple, the approach. Um, You know, by doing that, we let our guys just focus on the simpleness of catch ball, throw ball, throw ball back to pitcher, and go back to it, rather than the nuances of what's my stats, what's my RBIs, what's my... Uh, who's in the stands, what scouts here. Uh, and then we, we have a pretty good job of, of keeping an open door um, for our players to, to talk to us. Mm-hmm. Some guys just want to vocalize and share what's going on. Some guys need it to be a space where they can, they can come open. And, yeah. um, you know, I try to value their time. And if you just listen to how a player is feeling initially, I think you can do a good job of getting them uh, course corrected on, on their baseball journey rather than things spiraling because uh, players don't feel like they can talk to someone or, or it adds to confusion down the road. Um, so that's kind of a little snapshot of what, what we try to do. It's, it's good communication. It's, it's open communication and it's also simplifying things. I love it, man. Yeah, I love it. We always talk about, you know, the brotherhood and the family aspect and I think sometimes um, that often gets left out, right? The communication part, just being able to to talk with each other, you know, obviously about the sport. We're all passionate about whatever sport that we play, but that's not all we do, right? We, we're, we're people and we have other things, other things that, that uh, affect our, our daily life. And so for you guys to be able to, to open it up and, and allow these kids the open space, these young men to have that space, I, I think is just awesome stuff, man. Good stuff. Absolutely, for sure. And, and my own journey in in this space, I didn't have as great of a collegiate experience because I had mm. some of those pressures of yeah. why, why didn't I go D1? Why am I not, you know, all those, those questions that you reality, you look back and you're like, Hey, what if I just went out and had fun and mm. I just focused on doing yeah. this moment, be where my feet are and and so my experience was changed dramatically through that. So if I can help a player yeah. in any capacity in that front to make their experience better, like that's where all the wins and losses um, that that can be found on a stat sheet. Yeah. And Mario Ramos joined by Cole Motter of the Ohlone College baseball staff. Follow Ohlone College on Twitter at Ohlone Baseball. You can follow Cole at Cole Motter. That's C O L E. M-A-U-T-E-R. So you, you mentioned a little bit about your playing days. Uh, you, you played at Monterey Peninsula, another Coast Conference school, and then also went to the University of Puget Sound. So tell me a little bit about Cole Motter, the, the pitcher. What were you like um, as a youngster on the mound? For sure. Yeah. 
Uh, Cole Maud of the pitcher uh, was a left-handed pitcher. Uh, I grew up in Morro Bay, so in a smallish community. And I uh, graduated high school in 2011. So uh, definitely before the, at least in my area, before travel ball really came into effect and a lot of the amazing player development training uh information that has proliferated because of the internet and because of some really good coaches online. So came from a, like I said, a smaller town, um, loved the game and got an opportunity at Monterey Peninsula. Um, coach Phillips is still there and is a really, really awesome coach. I, I appreciate him for everything he did for me. Uh, coach Vince Herring was the pitching coach and, helped me kind of find a niche role. Uh, I wasn't going to be an overpowering, over-the-top guy, and so I learned how to throw from the side and nice. kind of try to be different. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was able to I was able to play, right? And uh, yeah. I took care of things in the classroom, so had an opportunity to go to a D3 school and uh, ended up at the University of Puget Sound. Nice. Up in the Pacific Northwest, being able to throw. What, what, what kind of stuff did you throw? You mentioned not necessarily overpowering. So what was in your arsenal? What was in the repertoire? I was a sinker, two-seam, uh, and I had a slider, and a changeup was really my best pitch. Okay. Um, I didn't really find that out until later in my career, which <laughs> would have been nice to know earlier, <laughs> but that, that's from experience learning, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. The two seamer would that run in on the lefties? Running on the lefties, yeah. and uh, I actually had a lot of success against righties because uh, nice. thankful for some junior college umpires that might be a little bit more uh, <laughs> lenient with some strike zones. So I got a few balls, ball or two off the zones that uh, went in my favor. Um, so that actually gave me a lot of success because I could just start that thing on the outside and make the plate feel like it was 24 inches wide on a hitter. <laughs> There you go, man. It's all about deceiving the hitter, right? So any way you can do it, get it done. Good stuff. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> so a couple things uh, I want to kind of circle back to. Uh, one, you talked a little bit about travel ball and, and the proliferation of it now. Uh, you know, kids are, are basically playing year-round if they want to. Uh, what, what's your take on that, especially coming from like a pitcher's angle where some of these kids, you know, they're, they're putting up a lot of innings, uh, you know, throughout the year. So well, what's kind of your, your take on, on travel ball and how it's exploded and, uh, you know, just your, your overall take on uh, maybe how young kids should be you know, taking the sport that serious? Yeah. Um, listen, I, I don't think there's a right answer. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone has to a frame of where are they comfortable? Yeah. And also, like, what do they want to do? Because there's no right answer. There's mm-hmm. no... There's no one true route. Uh, I like multi-sport athletes, but if a guy wants to be a single-sport guy, then more power to him. Yeah. Um, and I think there's some great trainers out there. And so if you have a relationship with a really good trainer, use it, man. I think it's awesome. And what about the uh, the multi-sport athletes? What is it that you um, appreciate about you know someone who's been in you know different scenarios? Well, you just said it right there, different scenarios. Um, if you're in different scenarios, you've learned how to be coached from multiple angles. Um, you've heard things from a lot of different lenses and perspectives. Mm-hmm. 
feel like it's a lot easier to use an analogy um, when you have someone who has a bank of analogies than someone who doesn't. Okay. So that part's really cool. Um, and I think learning to compete is going to always be important. And you can only add so much athleticism uh, when you're into that adult body. If you can add it during the beginning of your life, uh, I think there's a lot of benefits to that. For sure. Mario Ramos again with Cole Motter here on the Coach's Corner podcast. Uh, we'll, we'll get you out of here here on one more coach. Actually, I got a couple more, so I like uh, I got one or two more for you. What uh, I wanted to circle cool. back with the, uh, the the classroom thing. You mentioned uh, you're a teacher. Uh, you mentioned you you know you're you're a pretty good student. Um, in your at your time as a student, uh, you did a pretty good job there in the classroom. So what what advice do you would you give to, to young athletes or just young kids in general about you know their opportunities that they have within the classroom in the educational setting? Well, you're going to school to go to school and play ball. Mm -hmm. um, but I also think you're going to open so many more doors in your life if you lock that side of your body in. And it comes down to prioritizing. Uh, what are you willing to prioritize? And what are you willing to put your mind and your efforts uh, in the direction of? Um, you know, there's a lot of cliches in there, but, but you get what you give. Uh, and if you give a lot to video games, you will get better at video games. And <laughs> there is a time and place for video games. Yeah. Um, but if you give yourself to learning, growing, developing, you're probably going to become a better baseball player um, because you're going to be more in tune to how to learn, how to maybe read a pitcher, or you're going to pick up an offense quicker or – or, very simply, you're going to have a greater opportunity to get more money to yeah. go to a school that you want to go to. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think in that piece, it's like, you know, school can be really cool if you choose to buy in and, and invest in your education. And it can open doors you didn't know exist. So mm -hmm. that's my two-cent plug on, on why you should pay attention in class. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no problem. And and again, uh, how are you guys getting this message out? You know, obviously, like you said, a lot of your guys uh, come in and they're they're already thinking, right? I, I want to get out of here and I want to go someplace bigger and better. So there's that understanding um, that you know I have to take care, like you said, of that end as well. Uh, but how are you guys getting that message across uh, to the renegade baseball players? I think through repetition. Um, we don't want to get preachy and we don't want to get into long-standing rambling lectures on the importance of education yeah. um, because that's not what the players showed up to practice time for. for sure. But you just got to hit it in those micro doses. And, uh, you know, an analogy we use in our program is if the player is driving the car, we are the guardrails and we are the traffic signals and signs along the road. And so we notice a player is maybe veering off course a little bit. We uh, try to help them out and steer them back in the right direction. And so uh, for us, that works well for us. Good stuff. Again, Cole Motter of the Ohlone College baseball staff. Follow them on Twitter at Ohlone Baseball. Follow Cole at Cole Motter. I'm Mario Ramos here on the Coach's Corner with Mario Ramos podcast. So last one, Coach, uh, when you get out there, and like you said, the, the recruiting season's already begun. Um, you're going out there and, and letting kids know what Renegade Baseball is all about. What's the recruiting pitch? Why, why Ohlone? Okay, sell, sell me on the product. Uh, 
<laughs> you know, uh, I actually try not to sell. I try to show um, because yeah, I don't, I don't want to sell. Uh, I think there's a lot of people who need to sell. Yeah. Uh, we, we don't. Uh, we're one of the top-ranked academic junior colleges in the country. We live in one of the safest, most diverse, and most economically uh, affluent areas in California, in Fremont. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we happen to win more than basically any other junior college over the last seven or eight years. Um, we haven't won the big one yet, which is that state title. but. Uh, mm-hmm. We're knocking on the door, and we're yeah. hopefully a few missing pieces away. Yeah, so maybe how someone, was how was that for a pitch? Oh, good <laughs> stuff. Sold me right there. Like you said, uh, you don't want to sell the product, but you have some pretty good selling points uh, to go along with that. Now, just a great, great program uh, that's been doing things consistently right for a few years now. And like you said, they're just a, a missing piece or two away from bringing home that title. So maybe someone out there listening might be that missing piece. Get a hold of Cole Motter out there on Twitter again <laughs> at Cole Motter. I hit up Aloni Baseball at Aloni Baseball for more information on the Renegades. Uh, fantastic season this year, Cole. You know, best of luck to you recruiting in the recruiting trail, and I'm sure you guys are going to get after it again next season, man. This was fun. Uh, good luck to you, your golf program, and good luck to the Nuts this uh, this summer. I appreciate it, man. Like I said, I appreciate you taking some time to be able to do this. I know the season just wrapped up, so it's very much appreciated on my end. Uh, likewise. Thank you, Mario. I want to thank you guys for listening to the Coach's Corner with Mario Ramos. Again, follow me on Twitter at Corner Ramos. Be sure to catch more of the podcast with Mario Ramos on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Special thanks to Cole Motter. We'll see you guys next time. Peace. Peace.